Hello everyone, and thank you for tuning into this episode where we'll be talking about climate change and specifically climate change velocity and its many threats. We all know that climate change possesses many dangers to both the natural world and thus our own environments and places of habitat. We won't delve into the topic of whether or not global change is due to anthropogenic causes or not, but, but honestly, if you're questioning that, you should really do some digging and come back here. So rather than getting into all the nitty gritty and stuff like that, we're just going to be talking about the effects of climate change on tree species of the United States. Now, while tree species may not be of top concern when it comes to climate change, not many people know a potential mass extinction of tree species threatens to completely change the makeup of parts of the United States. To discuss this topic with me, I've brought together uh, a good friend of mine and a biology expert. He's a fun-loving guy. Everyone loves him. His name is Luke Klein. Luke Klein, welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks for having me. Very excited to talk about the topic. Yeah, of course, of course. And you know, your expertise in this matter would really be greatly appreciated. Um, But before we go into everything, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, yeah. I'm a biology major at Holy Cross. Um, I've done some pretty extensive research both here, um, and I was fortunate enough to spend a few months in the rainforest in Queensland, Australia. Mm. Um, We did some pretty great work in the Atherton Tablelands there. Um, And yeah, so that's pretty much my story and I'm excited to talk about the topic. That's great, and you know what? Just to give the audience a little bit more information about you, we like to ask a little bit of a fun fact, if you will. Okay. Um, What's your favorite tree out there in the whole Uh, wide world? Favorite tree? I think I'm gonna go with the Japutacaba. It's a native (laughs) tree to Brazil, very beautiful. Also very unusual looking. Wow. Extremely zany and extremely knowledgeable. That's why we're having you here. (laughs) So the topic of discussion today is going to be about climate change velocity. And first of all, for all of you who don't know what that term means, climate change velocity is simply the rate at which the climate changes. And we're talking about climate change velocity and the threat it poses to the native plant species of the eastern mid-Atlantic seaboard. Fantastic. Let's get into it. Well, a few years back, um, a highly accepted study done by a professor, Jesse Bellamere, from Cornell University, is the one who brought this subject to light. And the problem he brought to light was regarding species migration. Luke, do you want to talk to us a little bit about species migration for our viewers? Yeah, of course. So basically, species migration is the relatively long distance movement of individual animals. This occurs on a seasonal basis for animals like birds, who, as everyone knows, travel south for the winter to be in a warmer climate, which most birds are suited for. But species migration occurs over centuries and really millennials. As the global climate changes, whether it gets hotter or colder, species need to migrate to the temperate environment to which they're indigenous. The last major species migration occurred about 2.58 million years ago in the Pleistocene era. The glacial age pushed species further south. However, that change occurred over thousands of years. Today, the climate is changing at an exponential rate where the species do not have enough time to react and adapt to new climates and time to keep up with the velocity. Wow, we've got a regular Bill Nye the Science Guy over here, huh? (laughs) Oh, I wish. (laughs) That's exactly what species migration is, though, and that's exactly where our problem lies. Um, And, Luke, do you actually know how how Jesse Bellamere found this uh, problem out? You know, it's funny you mention that. Because the story of how the research began eventually blossomed into a nationwide conversation, which wow. is really interesting. Do tell. Do tell. Well, started with the magnolia tree. The magnolia tree was the most popular horticulture plant in the 18th and 19th century. Every public garden and every high esteemed member of society in those centuries had a magnolia tree in their garden. One of the most popular magnolia trees was in Emily Dickinson's garden, 
located right here in Massachusetts. It was planted in the mid-19th century. Wow. Belmar and his team wanted to keep their research strictly to, new, to the New England area. But when they went to go visit Emily Dickens's magnolia tree, they saw that there was more than one magnolia tree. Three or four other magnolia trees had sprouted alongside the original tree. They found this odd because the magnolia tree was not indigenous to the climate. The plant had been transported from much warmer regions in Europe all across the eastern United States in previous centuries. So why were new plants sprouting in a climate that's supposed to be much colder than its natural climate? They looked at the seedlings that had sprouted and dated their initial growth to around the 1980s. That was when the first growth had begun for the new magnolia trees. What they essentially determined was that the climate was getting warmer, warm enough for the magnolia tree to grow and thrive in as it was in its natural climate. The 80s, and that's really interesting that you bring that up actually, because wasn't the 80s the first decade in which we graphically were able to measure the difference in the climate in here in the United States? Yeah, exactly right. I mean, before the 80s, no one was even really interested in the topic. Oh, Luke, you are so wrong, my dear boy. You may be a biologist, but you're no environmental scientist, I'll tell you <laughs> that. I mean, we have Emerson, we got Thoreau, we got Gretel Ehrlich, Rachel Carson, even today, Bill McKibben, all these guys were thriving before and during and after the 80s. You know what? You're exactly right. I'm going to rephrase my statement right. saying that the study of climate change wasn't at the level as it is today before the 1980s. But you know what? You're exactly right. Luke, congratulations. You're an environmental scientist. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so both by looking at the magnolia tree and graphically, we were able, and Jesse Bellamy and his team were able to see that the climate was changing so quickly that the tree species further down south are going to be in climates very soon, which are way too hot for them to even survive in. And correct me if I'm wrong, and usually when this happens with less velocity, uh, the tree species are able to move to a more suitable climate because, because the climate is changing at a reasonable rate. But right now, because it's happening so fast, they can't get to their indigenous climates in time. Exactly right. And so it's all that that led Professor Jesse Bellamere to say, quote, there is a looming extinction crisis among us, end quote. And the study suggests that the extinction crisis is so serious that we're looking at a 1 million plus species that might be at risk of extinction in the coming decades. That's correct. Um, I actually believe that the rate at which plant species would have to migrate would be anywhere between 10 to 80 kilometers per decade in order to survive. Wow, <clears throat> 10 to 80, that's a lot of kilometers. In, in per decade. Um, do you know the average? Yeah, I, I think the average is around two to four kilometers per decade, actually. So definitely a substantial, substantial push. Yeah, it's a really impossible. Virtually, yeah, impossible. So Bellamere's uh, research ended up provoking a nationwide discussion amongst biologists and botanists. And um, what was interesting is that for me, I believe that there is pretty much one obvious solution to this problem, but it, the solution provoked a nationwide, you know, kind of debate. Do you want to explain us the solutions and what, why there's such a problem with that? Yeah, well, the solution, as you said, is pretty straightforward. Um, what's being proposed is something called managed relocation. Right. That's where you physically take the seeds of the endangered tree species and you start putting them into regions of the United States with a climate that is pretty much just simply suitable for them. That's correct. Uh, the trees that would be the likely candidates for managed relocation are ones that are mostly in the southern regions of the East Coast. But a lot of people in the botanist community are saying that humans have interfered too much in the fate of the natural world and should let nature take its course. So what do you, where do you come out on this um, subject? 
So I'm at a little bit of a crossroad. Um, I think part of me wants to let the natural world take its course. I mean, we've done more than enough to the planet as is, um, and we're seeing the negative effects of that today. However, um, the Magnolia project and dispersing seeds to climates where they're more inclined to grow has its positive attributes as well. Uh, it made me think of the RED program, which stands for Country's Efforts in, to Reduce Emissions from Deforestation and Forest Degradation. Um, and the overall goal of this program is to help conserve forests and create more forested area in order to create carbon sinks. Um, and I think the Magnolia Project and the seed dispersal will create an overall increase in vegetation um, on, on Earth and would then help soak up the excess carbon emissions. So I think there are positives to both, but you know, just doing a little research with the RED project, I might be more inclined to, um, to be in line with the project. Yeah, and I do see where you're going from in terms of, you know, letting nature take its course. But um, just kind of the way I look at it is that we've taken from this earth so much. We've taken from nature and really use it to our own advantage, advantage. And therefore, we have a responsibility to restore that to our best, um, to our best ability. Um, so in my opinion, I think it's no question that we should um, engage in managed relocation and bring these tree species back to um, climates where they would thrive and not go extinct. But anyway, that's all we have time for today. I just want to thank you guys for listening in, and I want to thank you personally, Luke Klein, for coming in from, uh, I know you have a heavy, busy schedule with all your botany and biology and all that fancy stuff. So thank you for coming in and spending thank some you. time. Thank you. It was my pleasure. I hope to uh, do this again sometime soon. Yeah, probably not going to happen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good day.